You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry. See it to be it on Radio Kerry with Ian O'Connell. Now, you're very welcome to the show tonight. This interview is episode two of the series that I'm going to be doing over the next couple of months called See It To Be It. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode and I'm delighted to say that my guest this week and stand out, myself, Ian O'Connell, is Killarney woman Aoife O'Leary. Aoife was diagnosed with bipolar disorder in March of 2018. Bipolar disorder is a mood disorder which sees the extreme changes in a person's mood, thoughts and energy for periods of time, which can last days, weeks or months. In Ireland, roughly 1 in 50 adults are affected by bipolar disorder. While it can occur at any age, symptoms often first begin when a person is in their late teens and early adulthood. There is no known exact cause of bipolar disorder, but research suggests that our genetics, biology and environments may all play a part. More and more is becoming known about bipolar disorder all the time. With the right treatment, people living with bipolar can enjoy a healthy lifestyle and live well. Sit back and enjoy the show. Aoife, thanks a million for, for coming in today. How's, yeah. how's life with you? Yeah, good, good. Busy, good. busy, busy. <laughs> You're, uh, we were saying there before you came in, it's not lovely outside the weather, but... No, it's, you know, when the sun comes out, as we were saying, it's lovely. Yeah. But when there's no sun and there's that wind and that rain... It's not great. <laughs> it's not great then. Um, I suppose I always like to, to ask my guests at the start, do you want mm-hmm. to, I suppose, kind of paint a picture of your childhood growing up? What were your yeah. your interests and stuff? Or did you have any interest in sports or what, what were you, you into? I was, yeah, I was, Jesus, I was a busy, busy, um, busy teenager and busy, busy kind of young, young kid as well. I was very interested in the cheerleading and gymnastics with uh, Haley and Scorchers in town. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was constant competitions, um, constant training, um, a lot of kind of traveling around. We used to go up to Mayo and Dublin for all these different competitions. Um, so it was really, yeah, I was really busy. Um, and then I was, you know, I loved school. I was yeah. actually a bit of a swat. <laughs> you might push school. in a tiny bit there, your oh, chair. Yeah. Well, like again. No, no, it's perfect. No. Talk with your grant. Um, so, yeah, no, I loved school. Um, I always loved history and English. Uh, terrible at maths, but I liked my history and my English. I was very good at that. Um, so I think yeah. school is either for you or it's not, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Like for me, I wasn't. I Not that I hated school, but I. I, I'd rather be outside with a football at my feet. Yeah. Be inside and um in class. Did you with yeah. the, the cheerleading, my cousin yeah. Chloe were talking about the you know, yeah. she done that too, didn't she? She did, yeah. She did. They're yeah. a different name now, the Scorchers, are the they? The Scorchers is a few of them now. They've actually they've branched out. It's become more um kind of popular over yeah. the last couple of years. Um there's Scorchers, uh there's Legacy Elite that Haley's doing. Um, there's a good yeah there's a good amount of them going around it's become very popular which is great it's great to see it a lot yeah. of young people as well yeah do they kind of people do they kind of start in gymnastics then go into cheerleading yeah yeah that's how kind of I started I started off the gymnastics and hip hop I used to do yeah. hip hop as well and then um, and then yeah and then it was it was kind of it was just just coming to start I think when I was about 14 yeah um, and it just kind of exploded from there yeah it just got very very popular which is great yeah um, I suppose we'll we'll move on now to to, to more recent times. Mm-hmm. Um, we were saying before before we came on, 
about you when you were diagnosed with the bipolar. Do you yeah. want to, I suppose for people out there that aren't familiar what exactly it is, do you want to just stand do you just want to yeah. paint the picture of what exactly it is? So bipolar or manic depression um, is basically a mental illness where you have highs and lows. So you have mania, um, which is then followed sometimes by a, a depressive episode. Um, there's different variations of it. So you can have rapid cycling, which is what I had, um, where it goes from a week of high to a week of low. Does it like progress? Um, more like faster yeah. it's much quicker it's yeah. much quicker so it doesn't you don't have that kind of stable period yeah um that would be bipolar one and then like there's different variations where you could have stability for a month yeah and then you might have mania for just a week and then kind of go back to stability or have a short depressive episode um but from what i from what i had initially it was very rapid very yeah. quick cycles highs lows highs lows um, and then uh, kind of over the last couple of years, it's stabled out to that kind of where it could be a month of absolutely fine. Yeah, absolutely grand. And then the mania might hit again or a depressive episode might hit again. So it's it's tricky. It's very hard to manage. Um, yeah. And it's very it's erratic. Would probably yeah. be a good way to describe it. Yeah. And I think that um, nowadays, especially like there's, you know, so many people, I suppose, with mental health problems and. Mm-hmm you know that are that are in a dark place and it's great to talk about it you don't want yeah. To, yeah. to to spread awareness do you think that i suppose bipolar and depression do you think it's talked about enough i don't think so. i don't either no i really don't think so i think it's kind of it's not so much that people are kind of ashamed to talk yeah. about it but it's just that it's just not talked about yeah it's just not talked about yeah and it's important isn't it yeah it is you know it especially is, for yeah people that are you know early days and the way it can progress would i be right in saying it was march 2018 mm-hmm. that that you were you were diagnosed was it yeah march 2018 uh so got six years ago um was when i was diagnosed i started showing symptoms back in uh, 2017 but it was yeah 2018 there was diagnosed so yeah and like when before you were diagnosed you kind of did you have an inkling yourself that yeah there was like, something it kind of came up it started in august i remember it was just before i just graduated from my undergrad back in may and i was starting a postgraduate in ucc then in september you were living in cork weren't i was you? living in cork yeah. exactly yeah so i was um yeah so i was just finished the undergrad and i had this idea in my head i'd go do the postgrad in law um and then about a month before i was due to start i started kind of having kind of very dark kind of yeah. thoughts and just really, really depressed and just really, really low and down in myself. And I didn't really know what was happening. Yeah. Um, and then and then the mania started then. So when I was just starting the postgrad, the mania came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I thought, oh, great, I'm, I'm out of it. Do you know, I'm, I'm just starting. I was just nervous. I was just nervous about starting it. Yeah. But then those highs and lows just kept coming. So it was just, yeah. That was the start of it, August 2017. 2017. Yeah. That was actually the year I had my accident as well. No, and for me, when I had my accident then, and you fast forward to now, mm-hmm. it seems like yesterday. Does it seem like that long for you? Yeah, no, it seems it could be last week. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it, it went, the six years was slow, but then at the same time, it's like, oh Jesus, that wasn't that long ago at all. And it's only when you look back, isn't it, that you realise yeah. that it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. How, um, how important were, I suppose family for around that time because obviously you know support is is what anybody going through any i suppose 
mm-hmm. darker low times how important was it for I suppose family around you oh it's very important yeah. it was so very important it was tough at the beginning when I first started showing symptoms because I wasn't living at home yeah um, but then when I did move home I think it was either January or February um, of 2018 it became very apparent to my loved ones that you know something was something was amiss like yeah. something was wrong um, like I had been going to counselling before that because I kind of obviously something I realised something was wrong yeah yeah but then with the support of my family I was able to kind of go okay no, I need to. I need to actually properly, properly do something about this. Yeah, yeah. So. and um, speaking about counselling, there, mm-hmm. when I was in rehab in in Dunleary after my accident, yeah. on our timetable, counselling was there. Yes. And for the first few weeks, I, I kind of said to myself, I don't need it because. Mm-hmm. But then I, the nurses, they they kind of got me to go one day, and I didn't think it was um, it was it didn't even feel like um counselling. It's just like kind of a chat with somebody. Yeah. Did yeah. you feel the same? Because I yeah. think myself that there is a bit of a stigma around counselling, do you there think? Is, there is. Oh, no, 100%. Um, like, it's not... It shouldn't be taboo. Like, it really should be something that's just welcomed in. Yeah. Because, uh, like, talking about problems, it has the problems. It really does. And it is sometimes... It's just like having a chat. It's just having a chat going, how are you doing today? Yeah. Do you know, it can... I just think, oh, yeah, I'm big, big supporter of it. <laughs> and um, I suppose then when you did move down to to home in Killarney did you what was I suppose the next step then for you did you did it take long for I suppose things to kind of stabilise or what was the next step for you then in your your journey well the next step then was March is when I was admitted into hospital Um, that was 2018 was it 2018 exactly yeah yeah. so that was March yeah March 27th I think I have the exact date (laughs) because I remember it um but yeah, that was the next step was moving into hospital and I was there for uh, until yeah, four four or six months. I was there a long time. Um, but it was it was a tough diagnosis to get. Yeah. Uh, so it really it sent me sent me through a loop for a long time. So I needed to kind of be there yeah. to kind of be in a safe place, you know, and have access to those kind of different resources that you might not have access to if you're if you're not in hospital yeah you know, there's plenty of things that i went through there that i wouldn't have been able to do from living at home kind of yeah thing, yeah if that makes sense yeah and um did it did it take a while really for you then to kind of come to terms with with the the reality yeah yeah i don't i like i don't think it's not something you get used to overnight sure like i know you're very aware that <laughs> like it's not something that you can just kind of accept and be like okay so this is this is my existence now um it's a lot of it's a lot of self battle kind of I don't know how to describe it but it's very it's tough it's tough to accept yeah. and um, I know that um, film is a big part of your yeah. your life and we'll chat about that um, shortly but you said that you were going to go and do uh, an underground uh, in law was it yeah was law was... something that you always kind of liked from a young age or was yeah. it something it was kind of something I don't know I finished my my undergraduate was in English and history um so arts so i did arts and after it i don't know everyone kind of was like oh law might be a good idea do you know you like your english you like your history and i was kind of like okay yeah no i'll give it a go but it wasn't for me yeah it just wasn't for me it was something that i kind of thought maybe i could give it a go but it wasn't i wasn't truly passionate about it yeah so, yeah i am um, when i was doing a bit of research and getting my the the questions and stuff ready it was something that popped up on a, an article that um Kanye West that you know the the singer yeah. that he um he openly spoke about his own 
bipolar how important do you think that the the likes of him and i know selena gomez she had her own problems um mental health and stuff how important do you think it is for people like that to to open up because obviously they have a massive fan base and people looking up to them yeah no i think it's so important i think it's so important because if someone can recognize their problems and then recognize that someone else in kind of the the limelight or whatever way you want to phrase it has problems like that as well they might not feel so kind of embarrassed to come forward with it they're like well if they can do it sure why can't i kind of yeah yeah what did you um what did you do i always ask people um what did you do i suppose to, to kind of not clear the head but when you when you just needed to to i suppose kind of zone out and chill out i know we're living in killarney and yeah. beautiful place here national park did you yeah. um did you find that going out in fresh air or reading or anything did that yeah. fill up some time uh yeah so getting out obviously getting out and walking killarney is stunning yeah like you can go 20 minutes you're in town you can walk 20 minutes and you're you're at ross castle or you yeah. know like it's very it's very easy to get out into the nature and i think that's so good for the head um to clear it and just kind of be able to to breathe breathe in fresh air um so that's really important and then yeah reading and journaling i think journaling yeah. is massively important yeah i i've actually been doing that myself since yeah. since my um when i came out of hospital every day just kind of writing down what i done do you know what i'm grateful for and exactly. do you think that that's do you think it's important for people to do yeah, that yeah definitely i think even making simple things like making a list not every day but some of the days like 10 things you're grateful for yeah um 10 things you feel that you can accomplish and yeah just making lists like that and then just writing down your feelings your thoughts everything i think that's really important yeah i think it definitely kind of helps having things down on on paper yeah um what what advice i suppose would you give to somebody that's i suppose that's after being diagnosed um the same as with the same mm-hmm. bipolar you had what advice would you give to them because yeah. obviously it'll be a totally new world for them as well yeah just um not to give up i suppose would be a massive one um because it is like it is so hard, especially obviously in the depressive episodes, you think, oh God, am I ever going to be normal again? Is this going to be a constant thing of me just feeling okay one day and then feeling low the next? But if you just keep pushing with it, um, see, get as much help as you can from like the local services. Um, do definitely take up hobbies. Don't let your hobbies fall to the side. Um, and just kind of try and try and maintain what you were like before. I don't know if that makes sense, but kind of don't forget that you had a life before the diagnosis yeah. and you'll have a life after the diagnosis as well. Absolutely. And like I, I always say about my own mm-hmm. my own accident, it's it doesn't kind of define who you are. It's just exactly. a part of you. Yeah. And do you think that that's do you think that saying is kind of true? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think even the way things are worded sometimes with mental health like you know, you can say like I'm I'm bipolar. Or you could just say, look, I have bipolar. That's exactly you know, it. It's not something that needs to completely encompass your personality and who you are. Yeah. yeah. I that What you said there is so true because I, I was chatting to somebody before and um, I forget what we were talking about. Another another um, boy, I think it was somewhere in radio that I met someone mm-hmm. and they were like, um, oh, he's special needs. And I kind of said, hold on a minute now. That's yeah. kind of... He's special needs. He has special needs because yeah. I think when you say he is, it kind of takes away all the other exactly. values that, that that people have, you yeah. know, and it kind of 
I suppose takes the the shine off the the person themselves. Yeah. No, did you um did you find the obviously you mentioned there about services and stuff that are mm-hmm. available did you did you find that the services were a massive part of your journey when you did get your diagnosis like that were they there to to help yeah do you know like being in hospital for that length of time um you get to know you get to know the the people like the the staff and the yeah. nurses and everyone um build a relationship with them too build don't you build a relationship you? with them for sure but I, I had found that uh, the local service here in Clarny was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. The hospital was great and it was good to get the diagnosis and everything. But the local services here were just phenomenal. Like, yeah. It was just, it was, and it was so much, it felt like you could talk to them a bit more, if that makes sense. Comfortably. More comfortable with them. Yeah. Much more comfortable with them. Um, yeah. Like Tommy's. Tommy's. It's just, it's yeah. great. It's great. No, I do. I think the services are so important because you need that support base outside the family as well yeah you know so it's yeah it's and um we'll talk about in a, in a minute now the the employability ireland mm-hmm. they were they obviously were a part of your your journey and the the video that they done that yeah. you you shot that that was excellent will i'll be playing a bit of the, the audio at the end of the interview from from that um yeah. i suppose like you said everyone's different is it more common for people to have more ups or more downs or does it vary between everyone? It varies between everyone. It really does. Like it, there's no, there's no clear, kind of concise way to say that everyone has the same thing. Yeah. Bipolar is very like it can have so many variations of it. So many variations of it. People could even go stable for years, or they could be manic for years, which really? is terrifying. Yeah. There's stories like you always <laughs> the horror stories when you're first diagnosed and you're doing a lot of research on your own. And you hear about people who never get who never get past the mania stage yeah. and all this, but um, be scary when you're just diagnosed. When like. you're just diagnosed, and I think some of those some of those articles need to be tweaked online. Absolutely, as well, because it's not it terrifies people. I know it terrified me. So it and it's just amazing then when you do find those stories of people who are totally managing it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, sorry, I've digressed there a bit. But no, <laughs> there isn't one clear cut kind of um way that bipolar people behave it's very it's very different for everyone and so the doctors told me they said yeah. whatever you do don't go to google because oh, they'll say you only have two hours to live yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's so true isn't it it is it's very true it's very true google can be scary a scary place it can, it can be a great thing when you're looking up stuff but then yeah. when you see the, the wrong stuff it's it's not a a great thing and i think social mm-hmm. media as well yes how important yeah. do you think that social media is for um for nowadays like 2024 it's one of it's bigger than newspapers like reading articles yeah. online how important do you think it is for i suppose spreading awareness on different mm-hmm. um different topics like like mental health problems yeah no i think it's so important because like i follow on instagram now i follow so many pages yeah that are just positive positive vibes kind of thing about yeah, mental yeah. health you know um and breaking the stigma um, I think it just needs to be talked more about online um, because like most of social media is a very one-sided way of looking at things Do you know even like if you look at like, the body positivity kind of side of things it's very hard to find people who are real people and look like real people and yeah. you know um, and I think that translates well to mental health as well these ones from Love Island that, yeah. pe- that young girls <laughs> look up to and say I want to be exactly like them yeah exactly exactly it creates this kind of distorted image of yourself 
Um, so I think if people kind of come across like everything's great all the time, um, you don't get to see kind of the nitty gritty side of it. And, yeah. Um, like I think even showing like it's great to be positive with your mental health and do all that as well. But I think it should be more acceptable as well to come online and be like, look, I'm not doing OK. Today. Yeah. Today isn't a great day. More Today important. Is, yeah. Yeah. So I think that needs to be shown as well. So, yeah. It's important. Social media is very important. <laughs> it is, absolutely. Yeah. When I went out for um, my first dinner, it was Christmas 2018. I was in the Met Hospital and I went out for, for dinner. It was my first time when I was off life support going out wow. with my family for Christmas dinner. And when my dad was pushing me in my wheelchair up to the hotel, yeah. I felt like a kid in a buggy. And yeah. like, because it was my first time out. And it, it's not that it's not my self-confidence, but I was just kind of... I felt like everyone was looking at me when they weren't like I was the last thing. Did um did your diagnosis have a, an effect on your own, I suppose, self-confidence going forward? 100%. Really? 100%, yeah. Like there's there's times like that as well where you just feel like when you're when you're in a depressive episode as well, you feel like everyone's looking at you. Everyone's talking about you. They couldn't care less. Yeah. Do you know they're doing their own thing. People have a million things on their heads. They're always thinking about themselves. <laughs> They're never truly look. You know, they're not going to look at someone in the corner. But Jesus, what's wrong? Yeah. What's wrong with her? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with him? Do you know. So I think it's important to kind of remember that that everyone has their own stuff going on. But it does it does knock your self confidence massively. So massively. So yeah. It does absolutely. Yeah. And I think that goes for any anything in life when people kind of face adversity coming over, mm-hmm. coming over the the obstacles. It does have an effect on your own yeah. your own confidence. Did you um? Did they? Did you link up with anybody else at the the early days that had bipolar? Did you Did you talk to anybody else or? Yeah. yeah. yeah you do. How important do you think that was? Very, very important. Yeah. Very important because they have not that they have the exact same experience as you, but they have a similar experience to you. Um. So it's easy to relate to each other. Um. Like, in hospital, obviously, you meet people from all walks of life kind of going in and they all have their own issues and problems but there's a certain certain ones you do bond with yeah um and you kind of you maintain that friendship and you stay friends and you kind of yeah you start you kind of start just relating to each other it's vital it's vital it is 100 percent. and yeah. i think that goes for for anything anything in life to talk to someone that has been through yeah. what you obviously journeys aren't the same but they can kind of see the the same perspective yeah. um i suppose we'll move on to to life now and your yeah. massive um interest in in film and yeah. we we mentioned it there at the, the top of the show how was it from a young age that you got into film or what what yeah. kind of film is it um Aoife? is it like out in nature was it kind of tv or what, what what film are you into a bit of everything really um my 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 thesis in my master's focused on quite gritty films. Yeah. So, um, like I did Taxi Driver, King of Comedy, and The Joker, or Joker, the one with Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Um, so kind of gritty films and kind of dramas, um, bit of um, action and kind of, you know, things like that um, were, was kind of where my interest lies mostly, I suppose. So, yeah. And I know there was talks of going back studying it did you i did you did yeah i went into my master's in film uh back in 2019 um 
I must be a really proud moment to overcome what you've gone through. Yeah, because I was just, just barely, it was just over a year out of hospital. Um, and I was kind of, I've been thinking about it for ages. I always kind of wanted to do film. Yeah. But, um, but I just kind of never had the confidence to do it. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, 2019, look, I've had a horrible year. I've had a horrible diagnosis, blah, blah, blah. I think it's time to, to put that interest first. And I was delighted with myself when I did and delighted when I graduated. So it's, um, yeah, well worth it. Well Absolutely. Worth it. Yeah. To go through yeah. what you've gone through and to come out after doing the Masters. Would you um, Would you have any interest in outside? And um, I suppose we're here in Killarney recording this out in the Killarney Gardens National Park. Would you? Yeah, no, I'd love to. But um, yeah, I'd love to get back into it. Um, now, I was mostly, when I was doing the film, it was um, it was kind of the theory of film yeah. a bit more. So it was kind of analyzing film and doing things. But I did make a couple of the a couple of kind of short films for the course, um, and yeah, it's great fun and it's great to get the nature into it. And yeah, like, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Is um, do you know when you when you are diagnosed? Is it like a just sort of because I was wondering this? How do they kind of do it? Like, is it kind of like a verbal test or? Yeah, it was kind of observation yeah. for me. Um, so like my, my own GP, uh, when my parents started noticing things, they took me into my GP and uh, he was very much like, let's let, let's get her into, into hospital and like yeah. get her diagnosed, but they'll need to, they'll need to see her. Yeah. And it's not something that you can test over the phone and it's not something um, that can just be kind of quickly diagnosed. Yeah. So it was something that had to be observed for a while. Um, but, but yeah, it was fairly. It's kind of monitored so off yeah, over a period of time. Yeah, it's monitored exactly. Yeah, it's monitored, but it did become fairly obvious um, fairly quickly to them because you know they're the professionals. They yeah, knew, they of course. Knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. So, um, but it's uh, yeah, it's not an easy process getting. And like everything, I suppose any kind of I suppose injury or illness or anything, there's more and more research being done every day yeah isn't there there is there is there's a great program as well um aware yeah it's, um it focuses on depression and bipolar i've heard um, of that actually yeah, aware yeah so they're very there's loads of courses that you can do with them um i did one there was one in the uh, the rose hotel in Tralee a couple of years ago um just once a week you went and it was just just giving you kind of tools to yeah you know to keep maintaining your mental health uh, because bipolar is something that can't be cured. Yeah, it can't be cured. You have to you have to live with it. Yeah, but it can be maintained. And I'm sh- be, I'm yeah. sure, like if it's cured, it might come back again, or it yeah. mightn't. Like, yeah. and I suppose that goes for for anything, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's not to be negative to say that it can't be cured. It's just kind of it, it can be maintained to the point where it, you don't feel like you have yeah. it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you do have to. Maintain it. Yeah. <laughs> Maintaining it is important. It's important. Yeah. Um the the interview that we're doing now, it's uh, it's episode two, just <laughs> for the listeners listening and you know, and you might have seen on my Instagram, it's um it's a project I'm doing over the next couple of months. It's called See It to Be It. And um I had a a young uh, young lad on last week, um Dean McCarthy, he played basketball with Ireland and we kind of went out to the court and kind of chatted about he has spine a bit then we chatted about his own story and mm-hmm. and that was my first episode and this is the the second episode see it to be it do you think that um even this interview now 
the the whole point when people see now that you're gone back to work and mm-hmm. and everything you you're, you're you you are an example of kind of other people to see you so they can be it do you think that that's important to to kind of spread that message to, to other people in your situation yeah no definitely like it's not do you know i'm not superwoman and if i can do it <laughs> a lot of people will be able to do it there's nothing like there's nothing standing in your way really except for yourself yeah um and there's ways as i've been saying like there's ways of maintaining that making yourself feel better um I think it's important to see other people out doing it and then recognizing in your own way, oh, I can do that too. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. And it's, yeah. Uh, and like you said, to show people that are in the, the, the same situation. I suppose moving on, um, moving on now, do you have any, any, um, any other plans that you, you want to do kind of in the, in the, I suppose, the future that you have, you're, you're kind of eyeing up? Yeah, I'm actually I'm looking into getting my PhD. Really? So yeah, that's that's kind of the next very early stages of it. I'm just kind of looking into different topics that I'd like to kind of focus in on, and um, it would be film again. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the next goal. But um, but for the moment, I'm just happy living and working in Killarney. Yeah, it's, it's great. But the PhD is the back of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, but it's something to to look forward to, and it's a yeah. it's a goal, you know, and I. I think that's important for um for anyone and even in myself and in a situation like you to have one kind of big goal but it's important to have something like that kind of baby steps to work towards isn't yeah. that yeah definitely definitely yeah because i think it's important not to not to kind of not be stationary but always be yeah thinking the next yeah the next goal the next thing that you want to do it doesn't have to be a big thing absolutely it doesn't have to be a big thing at all but just always kind of have something to look forward to, to look forward to small yeah. small um little little goals what, what would be yeah. your favorite um genre of film to to watch say on on netflix would you would you watch a lot of films yeah I given do. that's the industry that you're you're interested in oh my god i'm constantly watching films but i have an awful habit of re-watching films I could like I could watch like the Joker now or um, like that King of Comedy or Taxi Driver. I watched them about a thousand times really? to do the thesis, but I'd watch them again. Do you know? <laughs> I just love watching my my old films. Um, but films like that now, like Taxi Driver, I loved The Godfather. Um, yeah, there's just just kind of old classics. Yeah, old classics. I suppose would be my my go to. My go to. I'm the same. My my favorite genre to watch would be kind of I suppose comedy but i love kind of true crime as well yeah and uh, i'm forever watching things on, on netflix like true crime yeah. and and i'd be watching something and they'd be silenced next thing the floorboard at creek at yeah. one o'clock in the morning you're jumping up to yeah. to, to see what's what um what's happening the 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 when you went back and done um film was that in college or was it from home it was a bit of both because i started in 2019 in september but then just of course going into COVID, so was it? Yeah, then March hit obviously in COVID, and um, then the the rest of it was remote. Then it was from home. How did you find the the remote working? Do you know it was fine? Yeah, it was fine. It suited me at that point because we had done all the practical elements of the masters oh. already. So coming into March, it was just doing my thesis. Yeah. So it wasn't too bad. I was been kind of working from home at that point anyway. Anyway, so um, so yeah, it was fine. It's fine. Bit of a break, <laughs> and it, it, absolutely a bit of a a bit of a break, and it's great to 
to notice, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people these days that were working at home during COVID, mm-hmm. they haven't gone back to the office. I think that there's still people um, working from home, which is um, which is great. Do you have any technology that um, you use that kind of makes things easier for you or is it just a basic laptop? Just the basic laptop, just my basic laptop that I've had for too many years. Yeah. <laughs> it's on its last legs, but it does the trick. It does the trick. Um, and then with uh, the work I'm in now at the moment, you have the option to work from home some of the week as well. Oh, really? Great. Well, if you wanted to, I'd prefer to be in the office um, if I could. But then some days it is nice to yeah. kind of work from home. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great yeah. to... Be in the office, you know, around people and chatting away. But then some days you just want to work from home and kind of, uh, kind of take it, take it easy. Exactly. And um, we'll talk just before we finish up now about the the employability, yes. Ireland. Um, I was talking to a girl Lorna. Yes. Lorna, she was. Yeah. I was talking to, to to her about it and that video that you done with them mm-hmm. that they had up on their their website that I said I'm going to play yeah. here at the 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 end. How important do you think are how vital was Employability Ireland for you getting back into the, the workplace? Oh, so vital. Oh my really? God, so vital because it just, I can't compliment that department enough. Yeah. They've really, really, really pulled me up um, because you do, as we were saying, like you do lose your self-confidence. Yeah. Um, and I know when I would be going through a depressive episode, the thought of going in into an interview yeah. or the thought of going into a workplace or anything like that was just terrifying absolutely terrifying and then when you're manic you think you're doing amazing and you just kind of think oh god I can do anything and yeah you know you need that person to kind of when you're feeling low and they're like this is what you do in an interview now okay so just relax take your time there's no pressure there's no nothing just do what your best kind of thing and then when you're manic they're very much like okay so just take it down just yeah just do it like this they just talk you through everything they're good at monitoring it really so are they monitoring it yeah and even then with when you get the job they're still there really in the background if you need them they never they never leave your site (laughs) you're still working with them and like you can check in and they they check in with you saying how's the work going are you happy are you unhappy um and they're just they're just constant support yeah yeah and compliment that department enough honestly they obviously helped to build up your your self-confidence so to go back in as well did they they did 100%. Are they are they a carry based company or? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's based it's based out of Tommy's, um, the mental health services there in Clarney, um, and they're they're involved with Tralee and Castle Island and um, all the different kind of mental health hubs around Kerry, um, and they're just yeah they're great. I just can't I just can't compliment them enough. I've said that a million times, but <laughs> yeah yeah again. no, and it's it is great even by reading up on their their website like what they're doing for people and the yeah. the services that they 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 give um i suppose thanks a million for for coming in now and yeah. as we said at the the start it was great to to talk about it and to to spread the the awareness the last question is do you know when people i suppose before they're diagnosed CFA, mm-hmm. sometimes a, a mental health kind of organization like aware or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they when people go to them is that kind of the first step in before diagnosis when you kind of go to a mental health, I suppose, crowd for help like a company? Yeah. Is that the first step before diagnosis? It would be. Yeah. It would be. Don't be researching too much. Yeah. Don't be getting too much information just from Google, but look into AWARE 
or look into uh, I think it's called Jigsaw Jigsaw yeah Jigsaw. yeah and Aware and Jigsaw I think are fantastic uh, Aware for Bipolar for sure if you feel like you're having symptoms of it just send them an email they'll come back with, to you they'll give you resources they'll give you proper information that you can look into um, it won't be you know a reddit chain from yeah. seven years ago yeah. <laughs> kind of thing um, so I would reach out to Aware if you feel like you're having bipolar symptoms reach out to Aware and I'm, I'm sure that goes for family members as well does it yeah. do you know because yeah. obviously it's the, the person that has the, the mental health problems but then the family are in the, another boat and I'm sure the organisations chat away to family members as well do they they do they do they have um they even like the course i mentioned i did there in the rose hotel in Tralee, um they have similar courses for parents of people with bipolar really or family members or partners or spouses or anyone there's um yeah there's great resources there great resources there and you can do online courses through zoom and everything so you yeah. don't necessarily have to be heading over if you feel like you can't get over to Tralee or wherever they do have uh zoom courses as well which is great and, and that that's a remote remote thing from home oh, as well. Free, sorry, no. <laughs> 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 you're not they're not too expensive though, sorry. <laughs> well well worth it though at the, yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Now the video that I'm going to play here on um the next part of the show, it's gonna be a video that Aoife actually agreed to take part in, the the video for IPS, which is her talking about um I suppose her diagnosis with bipolar, but then getting into the the workplace after and how um how good employability ireland were and how important it is for that service to help people like um like Aoife that are going through their own struggles to to get back into the workplace because i know myself when i had my accident i even said to myself look there's nobody ever going to employ me or want me to work for them but that's just the thing that came into my head and now um as I while I'm here, I'll say it. I have the chance. I'm extremely grateful for Fiona Stack and everyone else in Radio Kerry for for taking me on. So just like Eva, I know she's very grateful as well. She was telling me for getting back to to work after her bipolar diagnosis. So we're gonna to play that little um clip there now that the the video that Eva done with um with IPS. I was always very bubbly as a person, very talkative, very much a people person. I was diagnosed as bipolar in March of 2018, so it was quite a sudden thing and I actually ended up going to hospital uh, up in Dublin from March to July, so for three months. That was very tough and took away a lot of my self-confidence. Aoife was referred to me through the, the mental health team in Killarney. I support people coming through mental health services in returning to employment. She did feel that work was going to be good for, for her recovery, but I suppose she, in the background she did have fears um, about trying to find her place again. It's not a therapy. You're not being seen as a patient. You're being seen as a person who just wants to get back into the workforce. When you're low and when you're down, you kind of you don't think that you'll be able to do an interview so then when you do get it it's just oh my god it was, it was amazing like work provides you with this kind of sense of purpose and this um stability and routine my true kind of passion is film so i'm actually going back to do a master's in film now in ucc i kind of proved to myself that i was capable so yeah work it really 
motivated me to go back to college. You realise like it, the diagnosis isn't the end of the world. It doesn't define me, but it is part of me. You're fully capable of living a normal life. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for my future. <laughs> Eva, thanks a million for coming thanks in, so and um, best of luck with everything in the future. And the PhD, I'm sure you'll 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 get on grand, and um, <laughs> and best of luck with everything. Thanks, million. Thank you so much. Now, unfortunately, that's all we've time for tonight. I hope you all enjoyed the show, and I appreciate you tuning in as always. And um, before we finish up, I just want to say a massive thanks to Eva O'Leary for coming on tonight, and I suppose talking about her own um her own story and living with bipolar disorder because. It's it's not um it's like I said in the the links there throughout the show it's um it's a an illness that's not spoken about enough and I think it's um it's very important to highlight it so I was delighted when Eva said she'd come on and um and have a chat about it tonight and um it's episode two as well of my project that I'm doing over the the next couple of months called See It to Be It and um I think it was a a great example for Eva to be on to to be an example to others of um seeing it to be it so. Thanks a million to, to Aoife for, for coming on tonight. Now, if you want to get in contact with me before next week's show, you can contact me through my Instagram, enoconnell321, through my Twitter, enoconnell00, or drop me an email on my email address, ioconnell at radiocarry.ie. I hope you're all having a great week so far. Stay tuned in here to Radio Kerry because Brian Priestley is up next with That's Jazz. I'll be back at the same time next Wednesday night from 8 to 9pm Until then, stay safe and mind yourself. See it to be it. Brought to you by Radio Kerry and funded by Commission the Man with a television licence fee. You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry.